Hello and welcome to Street Arts with Jerry North on Bondi Beach Radio. Street Arts is a program that looks at art and culture in the eastern suburbs of Sydney all the way to the waves of Bondi Beach and then down to Maroubra. Arts and culture in the eastern suburbs involves all sorts of underground materials such as books, theatre, films, events, street life or anything cultural that we think is interesting on the program for Bondi Beach Radio. So buckle up and welcome to Street Arts for the next hour. And on this week's show, we'll pop down to the Bondi Pavilion to talk to people about the Latin American Festival, which attracted over 3,000 people to that event. Also hear from Athena B, who does a report on the Mystery Musical Number no. 3 at the Seymour Centre. There is a report on the Leftfield Concert at the Metro. And we'll look at some street arts, what's happening around the hood. The Bolarama, for instance, which is the big skating event that took place in the south end of Bondi Beach not long ago. And then we have a special report on Mardi Gras, which is happening very soon on this coming weekend, March the 5th and 6th, of course, the parade and the party. Last weekend saw over 3,000 people flock to the Bondi Pavilion to get involved with the Latin American Festival. It was a sea of people dancing the salsa, eating exotic South American dishes, chatting in Spanish and Portuguese and English, and celebrating together the rich Latin American culture for young and for old. With a vision by Bondi Beach Radio's DJ Dante Rivera, who enjoyed this festival as a little immigrant boy in the 80s, which made him also feel very welcome in Australia, he finally decided to reinstate this fallen festival of old. And the Waverley City Council, the local area police command and the support of the Bondi Association of Arts and Music managed to pull off what was an incredible, inspiring festival with the help of the management team at Bondi Beach Radio. Now I'm caught up with a couple of guys here. You're eating some amazing food. Looks very delicious. What, what, are, you, what are you eating? It's barbecue pork, barbecue lamb. Right. And it's domo salad with the chorizo. And this is very traditional from where you come from? Yeah, you can say that. All South America's around barbecue, something like that. That's typical. Where are you from? Originally from Ecuador. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So, um, is this the first festival you've been to? No. I come here probably three or four already. It's always uh, it's good to come down and sort of feel what you left behind, put it that way. <laughs> and that must be huge, this festivity, this fun. It must be right in your spirit and your bones. Huh? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, this is probably like what all Latin, Central, South America is all about. It's all about checking it together and just having fun. And what's your history? Where did you come to Australia? Well, uh, my parents immigrated here back in the 70s. I came around the 80s. Uh, went back for a few years, then come back again. So I live most of my life here. So you're between two worlds, are you? Yeah. Between you love Sydney and um... oh, I love it. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't change it for anything. <laughs> Seriously, it's the yeah. best city, country. I know a lot of people say, but 
that's how I feel. It's the great. Do, do you mix with lots of uh, South Americans where, where you live and here in Sydney? Uh, not really. I'm actually, because I run the Bailando Latin Academy, I sort of mix more with actually Europeans, uh, Asian, uh, uh, from the Asian continent. Actually, Latin, it's mainly not really much around here in Sydney. It's actually on the outer Liverpool area, I think. say something in Spanish that would all the Spanish listeners that would you know say to come along to the festival next year Latinos unidos para siempre ayuden colaboren y siempre vengan a estos festivales muchas gracias thank you thank you thanks guys enjoy your food Do you know what the dancers is? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. I've heard that they were doing bachata. Right, oh, okay. Which, yeah, but I'm not sure, but that's why we're watching. And whereabouts are you from in South America? I'm from Peru, Lima, Lima, Peru. Oh, lovely country. Yes. I've been to Machu Picchu myself. It's an amazing country. It's beautiful. It How long have you been in Australia? Uh, I was actually born here, so. Four years? I'm uh, born here. Oh, you're born here? Born here, yeah. Okay, but wow. My parents are from Peru. What's it like to come to a Latin American festival here at the Bondi Pavilion? What can uh, it do for you? It's it's good to see the whole Latin community get together. Like there's there's more than I expected, but there is few of us in a Sydney, so it's great to have them all together, see different cultures, dancing. It's fun. It's good. Yeah, it must be must be quite great to reinforce your own cultures and everything's going on here today. It is. It is great. There's like there's food, people. It's good to socialize. And they actually did a per, like, traditional. Per North Bondi Beach Radio and up here at the Bondi Pavilion where we're having a Latin American festival and I've caught up with a couple of DJs here and Tom Sadie, how are you Tom? I'm good Jerry, how are you man? Pretty cool up here with this music? Yeah, it's very nice, it's a good vibe, it's really good, really fun. And what are you playing at the moment? You got a particular genre of tracks here? We've just finished, so the Prescription guys that have a show on Bondi Beach Radio on Saturdays have taken over, they play dancehall and soca but before we were playing uh, African and Brazilian stuff like funk soul, boogie, more percussive tracks. And, yeah, nice, no, pretty cool. So, uh, good turnout here today. Absolutely, 
actually, it's really, really good. So the, the festival's been on hiatus for three years, and this is the first time it's come back, and it's really, really great. Is that good? I've just noticing how many people are queuing up outside to get in. Yeah, there's a massive line, a lot of people inside, and it's a really good vibe and nice energy and a beautiful day. So. Yeah, incredible. And so many South Americans here, um, both Brazilian and um, the total Latin American population. Yeah, here. there's Peruvians, there's Colombians, Brazilians, everyone from everywhere. It's great. And I'm just noticing outside there's some stage work going on and there's, there's huge smiles on these Latin American faces. They're really enjoying their cultural influence. Absolutely. And being here. Yeah, well, it's a big part of who they are as people. So anytime they can come together and celebrate their heritage and come together as a community, they're really happy and it's nice to be a part of it as well. So. Nice track. What is this track? I don't know this one. Actually, I can find out for Should you. Should we go and I'll... ask him? Give me one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Find out what the track is. Ah, yeah, sure. The last one or this one? Yeah, no, this track. This one. So this is Far Away by Taurus Riley. Yeah. Okay. I'm from Bondi Beach Radio, and it's nice to see you DJing here today. Yeah. You having a good time? Yeah, definitely. It's been a great day so far. What do you like to play mostly? Um, so I specialize in reggae, dancehall, and soca because I'm from Jamaica, so that's what we're into mainly. Um, I dabble in other stuff as well, but that's really the core message. That's the music that I'm most passionate about, and that's what I'm trying to push and have, share. Have you got a you got a show? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on prescription alongside DJ Flasma, which is fortnightly every second Saturday uh, between 12 and 2. Okay, this is a great number. I think we might play this after this. Can yeah. you just say what that this track is again? That's the name of the track again is Far Away by Taurus Riley. Thank you. And your name is? Cool Breeze. Great, thank you. Not a problem. <laughs> So the Latin American Festival was fantastic this year down at the Bondi Pavilion. So keep it in mind for next year because I'm sure with the enthusiasm, the crowd's attention, there's going to be a lot more. This is Jury North Bondi Beach Radio. Let's play that track by Terrace Riley.
Absolute Radio 70s, Absolute Radio 80s, Absolute Radio 90s, or Absolute Classic Rock, other than the word Absolute, obviously. Absolute Radio 90s. And it's great to have Athena B back. Hi, Athena. It's great that you're back with the new show, which is Street Arts, and Athena B, of course, with, was with um, Tableau. But uh, she's put in a little report about a piece of theatre called the Mystery Musical 3, which actually was at the Seymour Centre on the 29th of February, which has passed. But it's a very interesting interview with her. And, you know, for listeners, if you ever come across the Mystery Musical 4, you'll want to go, because it looks like an incredible, creative and organic piece of theatre. Here's Athena B. Good morning, Street Arts listeners. Athena B here, and today we are catching up on our mystery musicals. Squabologic Independent Music Theatre has thought it best to leave the choice of entertainment entirely up to them, as they present you with an exciting new production featuring, well, we don't actually know because it's a mystery. And talking with us today about the production is director Dean Vince. How are you doing today, Dean? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really good. Brilliant. So, Dean, this is a top secret affair. Please tell us what you can about the Mystery Musical 3. Which ended up being Bye Bye Birdie 
do another one at the end of next, the end of last year, which ended up being Hello Dolly. Um, and uh, I'm lucky enough this time to uh, be at the helm. So I've got to, I've got to pick a show that I really like, and I've been able to uh, cast a whole a, a range of uh, amazing performers um, who, I, who I love working with or I have, who I've loved to watch. And I just know that with, with a very, very short rehearsal period, um, everyone just brings their A game and it's just such a fun night for everyone involved. Yeah, awesome. Are there going to be other similar fundraisers throughout the year? Um, there, there, there might be. I, um, uh, ha- it's, it's proved pretty successful so far, so um, I, I could probably see another one happening towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's getting, it's getting a bit of a following, so I, I, don't, I don't know why they, they, they wouldn't continue to do it. And it's also great because the shows, there, there are so many shows that won't get a commercial run in Australia. They just wouldn't find an audience. But Thank you so much, Dean, and all the best for the show. Thank you very much. And there you go. That's about the Mystery Musical 3 at the Seymour Centre. It was last week, actually, the 29th of February. But you've got to look out for the Mystery Musical number 4, which will be coming up and looks like a really exciting thing to go to an organic theatre production where you never know what's going to happen or what you're going to see. Back to Athena B. Frequency, your lower frequency, your lower frequency, your lower frequency, your lower frequency. The Charlatans, you may have heard of them. They have recently brought out their 12th album titled Modern Nature. The album has already been deemed one of the best that they have yet. You can look for this UK indie rockers at Max Watch House of Music. Tickets are available on Oztix. Here is Come Home Baby by The Charlatans. I'm Athena B, and you're listening to Street. On Bondi Beach Radio. Enjoy the track, guys.
And last weekend at the south end of Bondi Beach was Bowlerama, where huge audiences gathered to watch professional skaters from all over the world compete in extreme sport competitions. And there I caught up with Oliver with his very proud dad, Theo. This is Jerry North of Bondi Beach Radio. I'm down here at the skate park for Bolarama and I've caught up with... Oliver. And how long have you been into skating? Um, well, I only got my skateboard for Christmas, but I'm really into it. And have you had a look at the skaters today? Yeah, they're really good in the bowls. Do you think you could ever dive into one of those bowls? No, not at the moment. I don't think so. So are you just skating around the street? Did yeah. this dad go with you as well? Yeah, he goes with me. Okay. And what's your name? My name's Theo. Oh, hi Theo. Are you a skater, an old skater? Well, I'm, I'm a skater of old days, but uh, yeah, just taking it up again now that my son has. Right, and what's it like for you to actually get back on the board? I'm reliving my youth and loving it. It's, uh, it's a cool sport. It's a really um, skillful sport. You know, people think that you're just mucking around, uh, but you have to get all the balance right. Um, you have to be, like, focused on the head. Yeah, you come to an event like this, and these guys just make it look easy. Um, but then when you actually get out there and try and do some of them, you, you can cause yourself some damage. But um, it takes a lot of coordination, a lot of core balance. And I think also a commitment and to be have courage. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You've got, to, you've got to throw yourself out there. What's, what's the most risky thing you've done on a skateboard when you were younger, do you think? Were you going down poles? Uh, yeah, going down the streets, especially around Dover Heights of eastern suburbs. Uh, some of the hills there were, yeah, a, a little bit dangerous. What do you think about for kids, uh, your son? Are you worried about he might hurt himself? Or will, how do you prepare him for this, this sport? No, I'm quite comfortable with it because he wears the appropriate padding and helmet. And, uh, you know, I just strongly advise following all the uh, all the warnings that they give you when you go and buy a skateboard. As a, as a responsible dad, do you think it teaches them any life skills? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it hardens them up a little bit when they fall over and they know that if they want to nail that trick, they've got to keep trying, keep practising and um, get up and, and dust themselves off and have another go. Yeah, you know the saying, life doesn't serve you lemons. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, it, it's definitely um, yeah, definitely an experience for them. And are you, are you hoping he'll maybe come to the Bolarama one day and compete? Oh, that, that, that would be a dream for both of us, I think. <laughs> so, have you got any brothers? No, it's, um, oh, just you. Yeah. Are you the only only child in the family? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're pretty special, aren't you? Yeah. You get all the presents. Yeah. yeah. And tell me about your board. Has it got any special nylon wheels or anything? Or it's a Mullins board. It's a Mullins board, and he's like one of the uh, yeah, one of the great skaters of the modern age, and has invented a lot of the uh, tricks that we're seeing out there today. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on Bondi Beach Radio and. Have some fun with your, with your boy. You're going to have a great time and relive your childhood as well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Next at Bolarama, I caught up with Corey, a 16-year-old professional skater from the United States. And what's your name? Colin Graham. And where are you from? Virginia Beach, Virginia, America. And how long have you been here? 
And Bondi's for two or three days. How's the event going with you so far? Uh, it's amazing. Never been to Australia before, so it's completely different scenery, new type of skate park. Just it's beautiful here. I love it. And do you, you follow these guys around? You were skating with? Yeah, uh, I'm kind of new to the pro skateboarding scene, so I've only been to a few of them. So it's good to be at an awesome contest like this to start getting in the mix with these guys. What do, what do you think about the uh, standard of skateboarding here in the park? It's kind of more of a high level just because there's so many top-notch skaters from around the world here, so you really got to put your best foot forward and throw all the stuff you can at it. How's your own performance going today? It's pretty good. I just broke my board, so I had to put a new one on, so I got to break it in for the contest, but feeling pretty good so far. What do you think um, the judges will be looking at with regard to performance? Well, I watched a bunch of the stuff from the past few years, and uh, high speeds, high airs, just style, amplitude, it's your whole run together all fast and everything makes a really good impression. And the crowd's definitely a big part of it. When they're cheering as loud as they can, you know you're doing good. <laughs> it looks pretty scary for the average person here in the audience because you're throwing yourself in that, in that pit, dare I say, a breakneck, breakneck yeah. speed. So, do you get scared in there? What's that? Do you get scared in there when you're doing it? Um, you just kind of got to look past that. You see all these other guys doing crazy stuff, so you know it's possible. So you just got to think, you know, I just got to make it. Everyone else can do it, so you just got to go for it. <laughs> I think you must get an adrenaline rush, too, after skating, don't you? You get uh, really high. Definitely. When you land a huge air and you've got so much speed coming out of it, it motivates you to land your next trick and your next trick and just keep it going. Especially watching these guys go super high, all their good runs they put together makes you want to do better. So how do you come down after an event like this? What do you do? Go in the water, relax, <laughs> anything, drink a few beers, anything yeah. like that. Well, it was wonderful you've come to Bondi Beach, you know, and uh, be with this event. Um, can you think of a skater song you'd like to play on the radio? Uh, let's see. I listen to a bunch of Slayer just because that gets me really hyped to skate, so anything by Slayer, pretty much. Okay, you can't think of a track? Mm, uh, Black Magic is one of my favorite ones. That's going to be my next skate video song. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. We'll play that right now. Awesome, no problem.
You probably are aware that the Sydney Mardi Gras, as it is known now, takes place on March the 5th and the 6th this year. But uh, casting my attention back to the late 80s, early 90s, the Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras, as it was known then, was a totally different bag to what it is today. It has now got quite commercialised. However, I want to talk about the tolerance that was exhibited by the police at that time. There were sometimes 20,000 people at the showgrounds dancing and having a great time, and the, there was hardly any trouble at all. There was, there was no lockout laws, of course. People were having fun, and afterwards there was recovery parties at various events. It was a different bag. I wanted to talk to someone about their experience about coming out um, as a teenager in the 1990s and coming to Sydney and seeing the amount of tolerance and also acceptance of a gay identity. And my guest today is Clayton Noble. I moved to Sydney when I finished high school and came up to Sydney to go to university and then I started working here in Sydney and discovered gay world when I was 18 and that was really wild and exciting and fun. It was, what year was it when I was 18, 1990? <laughs> so I was having a great time and it was all about the clubs and bars like The Exchange and uh, DCM and that sort of stuff. And it was it felt so big and exciting and glamorous and big city-ish and amazing new music coming out all the time in the 90s with this fantastic dance uh, sensibility, not much in the way of musicality sometimes or lyrics, it was all about rhythm and basic, basic, basic hooks and building layers and <laughs> oh. so much fun. Yeah. Um, where were you living then? Uh, living on campus at New South Wales Uni and then I was living in the Surrey Hills on Crown Street while I was a student too. That was, you know, back in those days Crown Street wasn't nearly as glamorous as it is now. It was pretty down at heel back then. Let's, um, let's play one of those anthems that inspired you so much. Have you cast your mind back to one of those disco, you know, pieces of music that took you right up there into the clouds? This, this one is really uh, one I remember incredibly because I heard it when I was out and unlike the time in San Francisco, I didn't ask the DJ what the song was or something, but I loved it so much and I remembered it the next day and I went down to Central Station Records, which was the big dance music record store back at the bottom of Oxford Street, a huge basement thing. And I, well, I was talking to all the, talking to the guy behind the counter and I said, this is the song I'm looking for. And I was trying to sing it. And he goes, bing, bing, bing. There were no lyrics, really. There's like a saxophone that comes in. And then he brought all these people around and they were putting on all these records for me and eventually they found it. It was Funkatarian by Jump. Wow, here it is.
Well, that is a live piece of music. I feel like dancing to that myself. Um, <laughs> but um, right, are your, are your Mardi Gras days over, do you think? Oh, I wouldn't say over. I'm not going to Mardi Gras party this year or anything like that. Can I ask your age? Yeah, I'm 44. And you're proud of 44? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, but uh, I'd never say never. I'd go every few years and have a good time. It's good to catch up with old friends and all that sort of stuff. I'll be doing a bit in the festival. Uh, I've already been to see a play and I'm going to see a movie or two in the film festival and hmm. there'll be bits on here and there. How has it changed, do you think, the Mardi Gras that you experienced um, in the 80s and 90s to what it is now? What, what's, what's been some of the major changes? I'd say um, it used to be a lot bigger and it felt a lot more transgressive and cutting edge back when I was young, but that's also because I was young maybe and I'm sure maybe it feels really cutting edge and transgressive for young queer people when they go there for the first time too. So it's hard to know what's me having been down that path before and, and what's actually changed for other people in the festival and the party and all that sort of stuff. But the party used to be an absolute highlight. I used to love it. You know, go all night and have a wild time. There was this feeling of being a bit um, a clandestine party. I mean, that sounds ridiculous because at some uh, parties there were 20,000 people. Absolutely, but it was an under underground uh, feel, wasn't it? It was kind of like a, um, I don't know, not... Outlaw, but almost. Yeah, it was... A subculture. Yeah, a subculture. and, and um, you know, gays and straights did dance together and, um, and and it was harmonious and people were out to have fun and um, that, 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 that thing that anything, anything could happen in, in its own fun sense. And you meet so many people. So many of my friends still today, people I met on the dance floor in 95 or whatever, you know, and the, and the crazy adventures we had that night out, so... It's, you know. it's so amazing what happens when you had a couple of beers... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loosen up a bit. You know, uh, I'm not going out much these days, so the lockout rules don't affect me, but I, I just think, you know, if I was... If that was in place when I was 20 years, 20 years old, how many of my friends wouldn't I've met because I had those yeah. wild, crazy nights with them out? I know. And those conversations you have with people in 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, you remember them. Yeah, absolutely. And those experiences sometimes. you remember. <laughs> I, I always remember seeing lesbians eat chips at 4 o'clock in the morning and could never work out how they could do it. That's interesting. <laughs> Not all lesbians, but just some lesbians. Just those two Sit, lesbians. Just those two lesbians. But um, they, I don't know, it was different. Also, I think, you know, socially, we, we just recognise the changes that have happened um, with uh, gays and straights mixing together, the young kids now going out where they're, where they're straight... Um, friends and dancing, yep. um, the walls have come down, it's not so clandestine, so I suppose it's just become a bit more generic now with the parties. Yeah, although uh, I had a gang of friends from uni who in Australia who all came along to the big, big parties with me, you know, they were, they were part of my gang too, very much, so school uh, buddies from uni were, were all into it. Yeah. yeah. Clayton Noble, thank you very much for being on Face the Music. I hope we get you on again, and maybe we can get you and somebody else on to talk about some new music that you've been listening to. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. It's been good fun. Love talking about music. Love talking to you.
And this is Jerry North on Bondi Beach Radio. And stay with us because we love your company. And now here's an Australian artist who I've fallen in love with. She's from Melbourne and her name is Sarah Blasco. And the track is called Maybe This Time. It's absolutely beautiful. He's a smart man. Beat the old prospector. 
And Woody the man himself, of course, it's time for Woody's Roundup. And here's a few things to consider for this coming week. Don't forget the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Parade and the Party is on this weekend, March the 5th and 6th. The French Film Festival is on from the 1st of March to March the 24th at the Chevelle, the Norton Street and Verona Cinemas in the eastern suburbs. And then pop down to the Bondi Pavilion to see 10 years of photographic work by Martin Parr on beach life around the world. There's some great photos and there's one about an artificial beach in Japan. It's very interesting. And then you could pop down to see the Grace and Perry exhibition at the MCA till May the 1st. And it truly is not to be missed, one of the most stimulating exhibitions I've ever seen and I've been around for a while. And think about visiting the Comedy Store in Moore Park with lots of different shows. Just go onto the Comedy Store website and tickets are as low as $10. Then there's tons to see around the traps of the theatres. You could go to the Hayes Theatre in Greeno Avenue in Elizabeth Bay and they've got their little shop of horrors on at the moment um, until March the 19th. And then you've got, of course, the Griffin Theatre Company in Darlinghurst. And don't forget that little theatre, the Fitzroy Theatre, at the Fitzroy Hotel in Woolloomooloo. For all the information on DJs, what's happening around the town with regard to music events, you could stay tuned to the weekly report from Rosie Ray at Bondi Beach Radio on Short Break. This is Jerry North with you with Street Arts on Bondi Beach Radio. Stay with us. This is Jerry North for Street Arts. Today I'm talking to Peter Hannibus who went down to the Metro Theatre. Peter, who, who was at the Metro Theatre? Uh, it was Leftfield, um, the electronic act from the early um, 90s. And uh, um, Neil Barnes, who's um, one of the core members of Leftfield, has brought out the band. And they played at the Metro on Monday night, the 22nd. It was a fantastic gig. It's amazing. A lot of people remember their album Leftism. Um, but tell us about why Neil Barnes and Leftfield were so instrumental in um, getting new music together, so to speak. Yeah, um, look, Leftfield really, um, I think, lifted the bar for electronic music in the mid-90s. So in the 80s you had um, bands like um, New Order and Depeche Mode and they successfully introduced electronic music into pop music and made it quite accessible. Uh, and then in the early 90s you had the explosion of rave music and I think that Leftfield, what they did successfully was they lifted rave out of it just being, a, you know, a bit of a thud, thud, thud. They turned it into a much more complex kind of um, art form, really high quality, and also mixed some really interesting musical styles like reggae and dub into, um, you know, into house music, and it hadn't been done before. And they were kind of like the first really successful um, sort of like rave pioneers that really lifted it up much.
yeah, um, it was very, very complex. They collaborate with a lot of sort of um, reggae artists and, and MCs in the in the kind of more dancehall style of, of um, reggae. You get a lot more of this kind of rapping and, and uh, spoken word stuff through through their their work. But then, you know, they'll go straight into a banging big sort of, you know, um, progressive house track. So they really were like the first band that did progressive house, I reckon. Let's take a track from Leftism or some other album that you think that would uh, inform us about what, why they're so great. Ah, uh, yeah, look, I think, well, why don't we just go with, it's called Song of Life, and um, uh, it sort of became big in 1993, so a couple of years before they released Leftism, and uh, it was really popularised by um, uh, Digweed and Sasha, who released a one of the first big three CD sets at the time and they mixed three different versions of this track in that opening of their set. Amazing. Down at the Metro with Leftfield, Leftism, and all that electronic music. This is Joey North on Street Arts on Bondi Beach Radio. Stay with us, we love your company.